You are listening to the Indie Game Development Podcast Show. Visit www.indiegamepod.com for more podcasts. This interview is inspired by a quick meetup at the Austin Game Developers Conference. I'm at the Austin Game Developers Conference, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Um, hi, my name is Ryan Dice. I am a game developer. I graduated from Ohio University Script School of Communications, Sound Effects Gaming, and Animation Track. And uh, can you talk about the game that you worked on as a student, and uh, how many people were involved? Sure. I worked on a game when I was a student um, called Death by Design. It was a platform, puzzle, interactive environment um, concept game that was developed by me and eight other people. We had three um, three designers, um, two programmers, a sound guy, uh, two artists, and that was pretty much our entire team. And, um, and how did the process go? Did you just first focus on a prototype, or did you have a design docker? Um, whenever we first started out, we actually had a couple different ideas that we were mixing around with to figure out which game we really wanted to do. And um, eventually this game that initially was called Death Quest, because the object of the game is to get your avatar killed in the most extremely elaborate way you possibly can. Like, pirates sailing in on a sailboat and running your avatar over was a perfect example of what exactly would happen in the game. So, um, we eventually decided on this game, but then we didn't know if it was going to work, because we had this idea that was kind of like the incredible machine, where you could click objects in the interface and move them and click them down again, sure. and it would place them and you could interact with them that way. So we went through a lot of rapid prototyping processes where we would mock it up with you know, magnets and just magnets and magnet board, and try to mock up how the game would work out before we actually went into a design process. So we did a lot of work before writing out we never wrote like a design bible but we did write up a design document and individual level specs we actually did all through prototyping before we actually started any kind of um, like object creation or interfacing or anything like that. We did everything through pieces of cut up paper and scraps of paper and everything and we just did it all straight that way before we went into any other form of development. And that really eased everything whenever we got into the actual development phase because we could say, hey artists, these are the objects we need created. Hey programmers, these are the ways everything needs to react. And this is how it should react. And we can show you with this little mock-up diagram that we have instead of saying, hey, here's some words that say this is how it's supposed to react. We can physically show you this is how it's supposed to react. So rapid prototyping really was very central and core to the way our game developed. And once you found you know, a working game idea, um, how did you go about developing and what were some of the issues that you encountered while you're developing? Okay, whenever we had our, we finally had our working game idea, um, the way we started developing was, basically, we ran with it. We took it and we had, it was me and two other designers, and we just let our imaginations go absolutely crazy. We took it and we didn't care about programmer restrictions, anything. We designed everything we could possibly imagine, even if it was completely ludicrous to think that in a college setting with two programmers we could accomplish some of this stuff. We ran with it. Because without running with it, you are automatically self-censoring yourself, and your game's not going to turn out as good. Even if later on your programmers tell you, hey, we can't do this, you can work through that program that problem later on with the programmers. So we just took it and ran wild. And that's really just... 
it's really obvious whenever you play through the game because, yeah, it's buggy at points still. Yeah, there are issues with it, but that's not the point of it. The point of it is it's a fully realized concept, which was what we just basically wanted to get out there. We wanted to create something where the goal was to do the exact opposite of what everyone else does. Everyone else in platformers, you run right, you keep your character alive as long as possible, you pick up a few objects and you're done with the level. We wanted you to be in a static world, you pick up a few objects, you complete some crazy objectives, and then something really stupid and silly happens to your avatar at the end. And it was just a lot of fun, and I mean, the whole process that we went through was we would have out-of-class meetings, because it really was a class project of nine people, and we split ourselves up into teams, and the developers, we would go out, and we'd sit down at a coffee shop, really, and we would just jam. We'd go through game jams every week where, I don't know if... Like a game jam where you just get a concept and you work it out in 24 hours. You have to have it working and done in 24 hours. That kind of deal. We did it every single week for new levels, for new concepts, for the levels we already had. We just worked our butts off. And we really put a lot of effort into it because we had 20 weeks to develop this game total. That's it. 20-week development time. And when did you guys realize that the game was going to get done and it was going to be a success? Um, We really... <laughs> We were working up to the last hour on this thing in order to get two fully working levels implemented. And our initial concept for the game, to tell you how far you can downsize a game, our initial concept was 12 levels. This is what, as designers, like I said, our imaginations went wild. We did everything we wanted. We had different themes for different levels, everything. So we cut that down to two levels, straight out. And we had an animated intro and everything, but it came down to literally the last three hours before this thing was to be done. This was our deadline, was hitting in three hours. And we finally compiled it and threw it into an installer, and we were done with it. And after that happened, that's when we realized we did it. We had a finished piece of work here. There was never a point in the development process where things started to slow down, and we were like, oh, yes, this is really working. The whole time it was, oh my god, there are problems, oh my god, there are problems. But as soon as it was done, it was the greatest feeling. It was just like, we have a game that we made, and it is genuinely fun to play. It is just a great feeling to have. And when you were developing this, you had a lot of people on your team. Were there any team issues that you had to go through to um, make the game success? Any suggestions for other student teams that are developing? Oh yeah, there's a lot of there were a lot of issues. One of the issues that you will run into consistently is everyone, no matter what they are designated to do, wants to be a designer. And if you're on the design team, roll with it. Because really, during meetings, people will bring up ideas and say, hey, why did you do it this way? You should do it this way. And if you have a logical reason why you did it that way and you already thought about that, then you can say, okay, we did it this way because blah, blah, blah. But really take input from everyone. And that goes for all teams. Take group input because you will most likely be working in a small group environment. And everyone does have something to contribute because everyone you're working with, if they're making games, they're gamers. Yeah. They know what gamers like. So you need input from everyone you can. And then whenever you finally dish it out to the, your testers, if you're lucky enough to have testers for your game, take all the input you can from them. And even if there are design disputes, because I know I had multiple fights with my art team, multiple fights with my sound guy because he was just slacking. People do start to drag their feet especially on a longer development process. And if you're in college, students do have other projects they do need yeah. to work on. But 
kick them in the ass. I mean, tell them, we need this done. You need to have it done. Don't be afraid to pull a couple punches, but don't beat them into the ground. Encourage them, but don't tell them, you are dragging us down. Tell them, look, dude, we need you to follow through on this because you really are helpful to our team, but we just need you to complete your assets and to really follow through so that we all can have a great piece of work. Because in the end, if you finish it, it's gold. It's pure yeah. gold. So. Um, what are the top three learning experiences you've had or learning things that you learned um, from this project? Number one, no matter what you think it's going to look like in the beginning, it's not going to look like it at the end. And that's not a bad thing. It probably means you learned something during that development process. It doesn't mean necessarily your ideas got cut or your ideas got changed. It means that maybe personally you changed your own vision for it. So be open to change during the development process because it's a good thing. And outside input, be very open to it. It's unbelievable how important input from the outside is. But also, it's the second thing I learned is don't take all the outside input because at that point, you lose the integrity of your personal touch on the game. And it still is your baby when it comes down to it. Like, this is the project you have been working your ass off for. So keep enough of it to stay personal with the game. But also take some outside criticism. Really take that to heart. And lastly... Working with people, no matter how hard it is, in the end, it's rewarding. Because as a team, you accomplish something great. You created a game. Like, you have created something that people will play and people will enjoy playing. So, even if you think you're the most not team-oriented person in the world, get used to it, because you're going to have to work in teams. And when it comes down to it, it's a more rewarding experience than working on your own. And those are probably the best things I learned, was it's not going to be what you want it to be originally. It's important to take outside input, but not too much of it. Keep it personal to yourself, because it is your creation. And keep it personal to yourself while you can. That's the thing. Because as soon as you get into a big corporation, I can guarantee you, I'm not there yet myself. I'm still an independent developer. But if you get a big position, it's not always going to be your baby. You're going to be working on projects that they want you to work on. So take the opportunity to make your baby while you can. And finally, you know, work with people and get used to it and really, really make sure that you agree with the people you're working with, work with people that you like, don't fight, don't burn bridges, don't ever burn bridges in any entertainment industry, ever. Stick with the people you know and meet more people. So. Any suggestions or any last suggestions then for student developers that want to make their own game? Come to Austin GDC. Thank you very much. <laughs> no problem.